and bondage on me. And I understand that, like, serving God and walking according to his word, that's freeing. That's setting you free. That's not the world putting a box around you and you serving the temptations and the death and sin of this world. It's letting go with that, letting go of that and following God. So, could you stand with me and pray? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your love and your mercies. I pray that we will be doers of the word and not hearers only, understanding that this is your love, this is your plan for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands up. Father, we're just so thankful for your goodness. We thank you that your goodness is in this place today. We thank you that you're doing good things. We thank you your goodness shows up in our lives this week, Father. Your goodness shows up in our lives today in the name of Jesus. We thank you it shows up every day. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name. Someone say praise the Lord. Are you thankful for his goodness? You know, the Bible says that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness is like your shadow. It follows you. Every place you go, it's like stink on a skunk. It follows you every place you go. The good, that's probably not a good illustration. But it follows you every place you go. Amen. We're so glad you're here. Turn around and greet four or five people and tell them they look marvelous. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, we want to greet you and welcome you here to River Valley Christian Church here in sunny Lake Elmo, Minnesota. It's a beautiful day today. We're so glad that you're here. And of course, um, I'm, um, I'm John, but I'm not Pastor John Neitzel. He's first John and then John Logan. <laughs> Then John Logan is second John, so I'm third John, John Moe. And so we are glad that you're here today, and we want to greet you and welcome you, and God is here today. And um, Pastor John had asked me about uh, if I wanted to teach on one of the gifts of the spirits, and so I, I agreed, and um, that's the series that he's going through right now. And, and how many know God has a lot to say to us today? You know, God has a lot to say every day, but we're not always listening. And so I want to encourage you, just shut up. I don't know about you, but I have one of the busiest weeks I've had in probably the last six months. It was really a busy week for me this week. And um, sometimes we just have to shut everything down and just focus in on God. So we want to encourage you to do that today, all right? If you got your Bibles, turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 16. John's Gospel, the 16th chapter, please. John's Gospel, the 16th chapter. Jesus said something here. He's talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. How many know the Holy Spirit's at work in your life and my life as believers today, right? In John's Gospel, chapter 16, here just a couple of verses. Uh, if you're there, say, I'm there. And we'll wait for a few more of you to get there. If you didn't bring your Bible, look at your phone or whatever device you have or borrow your neighbor's or something you can share. John's Gospel, chapter 16, and I want you to notice at verse number 13, I'm reading out of a New King James Bible. It says this, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. 
for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it unto you, all right? And then uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you turn there, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and um, this, we're gonna read a few verses here, but it's the foundation for this series of messages. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number one, Paul is speaking by the Spirit of God. He says, now discerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Right? Gentiles, non-Jewish people, right? Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of, of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. And to another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Hallelujah. Amen. That's our golden text for today. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're just so thankful that we're here in your presence, and we're so thankful that we get a, an opportunity to examine the Word of God and as we look at the word of God today, Father, we believe that we are led by your spirit. We ask for revelation to come. We ask for truth. We ask that you would open the eyes of our understanding so that we can glean and receive from you today all that you would have for us in Jesus' mighty name. So on said, amen. amen. You know, we're, gonna, we're talking to you about the gifts of the spirit and... Um, and my assignment today is talk to you, I'm going to talk to you about the gift of discerning of spirits. And uh, the title of my message is, The Gift of Discerning of Spirits Will Surprise You. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're in for a big surprise. <laughs> you know, there's a lot you can say about the gifts of the spirit. I got more notes than I got time, so I got to move it along here. But in John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 16, a familiar verse, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Did you know that love gives? Mm -hmm. Love gives, right? And the Bible says that God is love, all right? So if God is love and love gives, guess what? God's going to give you and me something, right? You know, the first thing he gave us is Jesus. Amen. 
You know, God knew that we didn't need a new bass boat, right? <laughs> he knew we didn't need a new fishing boat. He gave us his best. He gave us Jesus. We needed saving. We needed to be saved from our sins. And so God gave us what we needed. When he gave us Jesus, he gave us love. We needed love, right? And so God, my first point I want to give you is that God loves and God gives. And what does he give? He gives gift. Jesus is a gift to the world, to humanity. In James chapter 1, it says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. And it comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variance or shadow of turning. You know, every good gift comes down from God. Jesus is a good gift, right? And Jesus is not, you know, you ever have those uh, Christmas gifts? You ever see those ugly Christmas sweaters? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, white elephant gifts or whatever. I mean, they would never, God would never give you something that you couldn't use. God knew exactly what you and I needed, right? Then Jesus, right, he's the gift that God gave us. And then he, in John's Gospel, chapter 7, he says, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Right? And then he goes, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And Jesus is saying, hey, there's some things that I want to give you. Everlasting life, something flowing out of you. How I many you know it's good when you've got things flowing out of you, right? It's good when you've got life, right? Then Jesus gave us fivefold ministry gifts that are recorded in Ephesians chapter 4, right? Remember he gave us apostles, right? Right? He gave us prophets, right? Evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Did you know that Pastor John's a gift? Pastor John and Debbie are a gift, right? And they're a gift to the body of Christ. And, and how many of you know a gift has to be received? And if you don't receive him as your pastor, what good is the gift that God has sent in your life? If you, if you badmouth the gift that God has given you, then you can't receive the full benefits of the gift. Boy, I got quiet on that one. <laughs> I mean, you know, a gift has to be opened up. There's a lot in him. There's deposits in him and, in, and, 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 and them as a couple that hasn't even been touched yet, I believe. But God knows what he's doing. Lake, Lake Elmo needed a gift. He answered the call. Amen? Amen. Then, you know, when it comes to the things of the Spirit, how I many, you know, Jesus said, uh, told his disciples that you need to tarry and wait and be endued with power from on high, right? And the Holy Spirit is a gift. And notice this, God gave us Jesus, Jesus gave us ministry gifts, now we've been given the Holy Spirit, and then with the Holy Spirit comes these nine different gifts, manifestations of these spiritual gifts. And these spiritual gifts have been given to you and I to bless us. It says, let's pick it up here, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and let's go through this, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. Stop. The church world is ignorant about spiritual gifts today. There are sections of the body of Christ that won't even acknowledge that these gifts are, are, are here today. 
There are, there are people that says these gifts have passed away, but they have not passed away. There are some that thinks, well, these are just natural. If one is natural, then they're all natural. Either they're all spiritual and supernatural or they're all natural. But the very thing that he said by the Spirit of God, don't be ignorant on these, we're ignorant on. And so we're teaching on these things. Right? He says, uh, I don't want you to be ignorant on these. Verse 2, you know you were Gentiles carried away by dumb idols, however you were led. You got to remember the church at Corinth, they were, uh, it was a pagan society. They were pagans. And they worshipped idols. And they were carried away by dumb idols. And he's addressing them here. And uh, doesn't want you to be led away by these dumb idols. And you know, people that are in idol worship, you know, they worship idol and they call Jesus a curse. How I many you know that's dumb? <laughs> How stupid can you get by saying Jesus is cursed, right? But they're yielding to wrong spirits there. Verse four, I wanted to get to. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activity, activities or operations, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit, everyone say manifestation, is given to each one for the profit of all. Hallelujah, amen. These gifts are manifested or displayed are a function or release so that we can profit. How I many you know profit, mean, that word profit means a benefit? Did you know we benefit by these gifts in operation? God would never give you something that doesn't benefit you and I. I don't know. Hey, you know, when you get a job, the first thing most people want to know, look at my benefits. <laughs> These gifts are your benefits. It's in your benefit package. Whether you realize it or not, it's there. You're going to take advantage of your benefits, amen? Are given to each, uh, to each one for the profit of all. For, for one is given the word of wisdom and through the spirit to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. So as you go through these, they're broken down into groups. And the three groups that I want to talk about here are the uh, three gifts. The first one are revelation gifts. Everyone say revelation. revelation. It's a revelation that comes from God. Oh, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. Those are the three revelation gifts. Then three of the gifts are utterance gifts. Those would be prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues, gifts that come by utterance. And three are power gifts, which would be faith, special faith, gifts of healings, and working of miracles. So you can break them down into three groups to keep them uh, easy to follow. We're talking about discerning of spirits. The, desert, the word discern means to distinguish. It means to discern or means to judge. And it's very interesting as we examine the word of God on this, uh, what discerning of spirits is. So we're going to give you a definition. Discerning of spirits gives us supernatural insight into the realm of spirits. How many you know it's good to have supernatural insight? This is not natural insight, right? Supernatural insight, I wrote this down, supernatural insight into the realm of the spirits. This is seeing, hearing, 
smelling into the world of the spirit, whatever, it, 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 reveals the kind of, it reveals the kind of spirit that is in operation behind a supernatural manifestation. So it reveals to you and I what's going on behind the scene. Everyone say behind the scenes. Anyone ever watched the movie The Wizard of Oz? Anyone remember Dorothy, Toto, Kansas? Wicked Witch, house spinning around and stuff, right? <laughs> Remember they're in Oz, right? And Toto at the end grabs a hold of the curtain, the little dog, the little puppy, the dog or whatever, and he pulls back the curtain and you see exactly what's going on behind the scenes. That's discerning of spirits. You get to see what's going on behind the scenes. And it isn't discerning of devils. It's bigger than that. It's anything that pertains to the spirit class. It, well, God's a spirit, isn't he? Yes. The, the word of God teaches us that God is a spirit, right? Yes. And then we know that angels are ministering spirits, right? And then we know there are fallen angels that are demons. And we know that there's a devil, right? And so this is beyond just, you know seeing devils and demons and stuff like that. Are you guys hanging in here with me so far? Yes. Sometimes you can find out what something is by looking what it's not. And it is not, it is not the gift of, people say, well, I got the gift of discernment. How many know you can learn to discern things as a kid, right? I can discern that, you know what? If I ask uh, mom for some candy, she may not give me candy, but I can ask grandma and she'll give me all I want. <laughs> so, you know, the discernment isn't just natural discernment, it's supernatural discernment, right? Sometimes people will say people have a devil and all it is is just works of the flesh. That doesn't mean that they have a devil, all right? So let's look at some examples from the Old Testament. You ready? 2 Kings chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 6, and I want you to notice this. Uh, we have the story of the man of God here, and he is surrounded. How many know when you're surrounded by the enemy, it's not a good day, right? 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 11, it says, Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by the thing, this thing, and he called his servant and said to them, Will you not show me which one of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants says, no, no, my Lord, O king, but Elijah, the prophet, is in Israel. Tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he says, go and see where he is, and I, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he's in Dothan, right? Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots, and a servant said unto him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? I, I like this, verse 16. So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those that are with them. Someone say hallelujah there, amen? And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. He prayed, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the, mountains, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. Someone say, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. 
How many you know that's a big surprise? There'd be more with us than be with them. I'm sure the little services, uh, preachers, are you nuts? You know, we got an army around us. But there was more with him. And how many know when he opened his eyes, how many know all of a sudden fear leaves and peace comes? Right? And, you know, you can be surprised by how God will protect your life. You, you can be, you'll be surprised on what God will do for you because he loves you and me. Amen? You know, God doesn't want us to get all our feathers ruffled about things. That was really great that God showed him. Sometimes we need to be shown some things. If, if you just live your whole life over in the living life by natural and how things look in the natural, you'll be defeated. There are things in the spirit that we can't see that are far more real than what you see in the natural. There's angels here in the room right now. You can't see them. But in the, with the operation of discerning the spirit, if God pulled back the curtain, you could see there's angels. I remember one time, <clears throat> Joyce Meyer, this guy went to see Joyce Meyer, and he didn't like women preachers, but he went to hear this lady preach, you know, and he's sitting there, and all of a sudden, he's sitting there, and he got his attention, and she came out on this uh, platform, and all these men came and stood around her in white, and then next thing he said he saw is they pulled their sword and put their swords, and they touched one another, and they encamped all around uh, her. He became a believer that day. <laughs> for his profit amen how about this remember over in exodus chapter 33 i'll just talk about it but moses said to god show me your glory and god said i'll make all my goodness pass before you right and god took him and put him in the cleft of the rock right and he goes, I'm going to put my hand, no one can look at my face, but I'm going to put my hand over you, and I'm going to walk by you, and then as I walk by you, you'll see my back parts, and I'll, I'll remove my hand, you'll see my back parts, and, God, and Moses got to see God walk by. Did you know there is something called the glory of God? I mean, that, that's, re that's real right there. That's discerning the spirits. If you're going to see God or you see Jesus, if you've ever had a seen Jesus, you're seeing over into the spirit realm. Do you know that Jesus comes and sits in some churches and participates in the service? Remember the seven churches in the book of Revelation and Jesus had visited each church and knew what was going on in each church and knew and, and told them what they were doing good and then what was lacking in there. Did you know there are services where Jesus comes and visits the church? I wonder if he's here this morning. There he is. Two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of them. Well, remember Shadrach, Meshach, 
and Abednego over in Daniel chapter 3? Remember how they were thrown into the fiery furnace because they wouldn't worship idols, right? Let's look at this, Daniel chapter 3, verse 21. It says, then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and they were cast into the midst of the burning, the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the, and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fires killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell fell down bound in the midst of the fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He arose in haste and spoke and said to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to him, true, O king. He goes, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt and the form of the fourth is like the son of God. <laughs> Hallelujah, amen. Did you know that's just operation of discerning the spirits? We put three babas in there. Eeny, meeny, miny, and mo, or whatever, you know. We put them in there, but there's a fourth man in there. Whoo! Man, you could preach right there. There's a fourth man in the fire with you, and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. You may feel like you're going through the fire, but there's a fourth man in the fire with you. I'm so glad God showed the heathen king that there is someone that's mighty. And they pulled Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out, and there was no heart on them whatsoever. You'll see this operation of discerning the spirits all throughout the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Let's go to the New Testament, shall we? Go with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter number five, please. Mark's Gospel, the fifth chapter. We've got to keep it moving. Mark's Gospel, chapter five. We could just go through the Bible <clears throat> and spend a lot of time looking at this, but we're just giving you a few. We have the story here. We refer to him as the uh, madman of Gadara. How many of you have ever read about him, Right? And in the fourth chapter, there was when a big storm arose and Jesus in the boat and, you know, they thought they were going to die. And, you know, that all has to do with this coming into this region here. And uh, verse one, it says, and they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met, out, met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains. How many of you know when no one can bind you? Did you know that sometimes strength is spiritual? Yes, that's right. Samson was strong with the anointing of God and no one could bind him. And then over here on this side, we've got this man and no one can bind him, but it's demonic. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. I mean, no love tames the shrewd. Jesus wasn't afraid to go that way because he is love. 
And notice this, and always night and day, he was in the mountains in a tomb crying and cutting himself with stones. You know, when you're trying to kill yourself, that's the devil. I said, when you're trying to take your life, God gave you your life, why are you trying to take it? And when Jesus saw, notice this, and he saw Jesus from afar, and he ran and he worshiped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus? Son of the most high God, I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said, come out of the man, unclean spirit. And he answered, what is, and he asked him, what is your name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now, a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So the, all the demons begged him, saying, send us to the swine that we may enter into them. And then, of course, Jesus gave him permission, right? Now, why do I read all of that? Did you know that Jesus discerned that the man had an unclean spirit? And notice this, Jesus, it says all the demons cried out, don't send us away. Well, you got 2,000 pigs there. If there's 2,000 demons, legion, right? There's a lot of demons here. And in the spirit, Jesus is hearing all these devils cry out, please don't send us away. He discerned that the man had an unclean spirit. And then after that, he heard all the demons cry out. You know, demons, you know, they'll live in anything. Any place they can. And then, you know, got into a pig. And the pigs had enough sense not to let the demons rule them. How about John? In the book of Revelation, chapter 1, John is in prison. He's on the Isle of Patmos. And all of a sudden, Jesus appears to him. And he hears Jesus speaking. You know, that was discerning of spirits. They could see Jesus on an island in prison. And he showed up, right? This discerning of spirits... is very important for you and I today. And we have to remember that this is all throughout the word of God. And it's for our benefit. Turn to your neighbors that all this is for your benefit. You'll be surprised by what Jesus would have to say to you when he shows up and he starts talking to you. You'll be surprised, you know, at the, how the devil works and God will show you some things about the devil and how his demons work. You'll be surprised by your protection that the angels give you. Are you listening to me? There's a lot of surprises. I, I, just real quick, a couple of things on my own personal life. I've had this thing operate in my life on a couple of different occasions. The very first time I ever had an experience with um, discerning of spirits was I was just a kid. And <clears throat> my mom and dad had gotten a divorce and we were living at my grandfather's house for a season. And uh, there was this thunderstorm and all of a sudden a lightning bolt just struck the tree in the backyard. It was kaboom, the whole house shook. And of course, you know, uh, it it gets your attention when lightning strikes near your house, you know. 
And uh, so my grandfather's not too far away from the kitchen. He looks out the kitchen door, and all of a sudden I saw my grandfather run as fast as he could the other direction. And I'm just going like, I didn't know that Papa could move that fast. <laughs> and I thought as a kid, I'm going, well, I wonder what he saw. And I went there, and all I could see was smoke. And then I saw it looked like an image and then as the smoke cleared, I saw an angel. Whiter, brighter than the noonday sun, bright white. And he had his foot on that split tree and he had his elbow on his knees and he was looking right at the house. And I'm just a kid. And I remember that. I saw him to the spirit realm. It's very interesting. On another occasion, I'm a first-year Bible student. How many of you know first-year Bible students, students are wet behind the ears, right? <laughs> We're going to the mighty faith school. Go learn faith, right? Faith, believe God, right? Come out with all this power and stuff. And so we were on, I think it was spring break, and we went to visit my mom and relatives over in Ohio. And while we were there, I had an aunt that was in a nursing facility. She had lost her mind, and she was just my Aunt Ruby. I never will forget. She just had lost her mind, so we decided we would go visit her at this nursing home. And so while we were there, I... We went to her room and she wasn't there. And I said, well, where's Ruby at? And she goes, oh, she's out in the, probably down in the lunchroom with the ladies, right? So we went down to the lunchroom. My wife, Julie, and I, we were together. You remember that, don't you? And her back was to us. And I say, hey, Aunt Ruby, how are you? And she turned around and, and looked at uh, us. And when she turned around and looked at us, there was a man inside of her looking at us through her eyes. And I knew instantly that my aunt is being oppressed by a spirit. Well, what are you going to do if you're a first-year Bible school student? <laughs> uh, about wet my pants. And I knew that the Bible says that God had given us power to cast out devils. But I didn't act on it because I was afraid. You know, you've got to have some boldness. How do you get boldness? Pray for boldness and God will give you boldness. Ask for boldness. But you know what? I was surprised when I saw the angel. And I was surprised when God revealed to me this is oppression that's in her life. And the reason for the operation of the gifts of the Spirit like this is to help someone. And she needed help. And I had the ability to help her, and I didn't do it. And I regret that to this day. You know, we need to use the ability that God has given us with the Holy Ghost. Amen? What good is the gift if you don't use the gift? It's sort of like someone giving you a gift at Christmas and then you just put it in the closet and never use it. It's no good. 
And you can't make these gifts happen. This is as the Spirit wills. Amen? My last example, I was working at this restaurant, and um, there was this guy that was different. That's all I had to say. <clears throat> One day we were eating lunch, and we were sitting at the table, and he says, what does Jesus Christ, Adolf Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, and I have in common? And there's there probably about six or seven of us at the table eating lunch, and everyone got quiet. And I said, well, what do you have in common? He goes, we're all Christ. And we started laughing. And I'm just going, you're a nut. <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. A couple of weeks after that, I was a manager at this restaurant. And this lady comes to me and, oh, I'm sorry, I was going to the bathroom to wash my hands. And he was coming out of the bathroom. And when he came out of the bathroom, I... Uh, all of a sudden, when he walked by me, I, put my, I, felt the worst, I smelled the worst smell I've ever smelled in my life. And I thought I was going to vomit immediately. It came on me so fast, I put my hand over my nose and mouth because I thought I was going to throw up right there. There were some pay phones there, and I thought I was going to throw up. And I go, God, what is this? I go, what is this? He says, you just smell what an unclean spirit smells like. It smelled like, you ever been around a hog confinement facility, manure confinement area, if you've been on a farm, mixed with a turkey farm? <laughs> it, was like, it was not good. I had my hand over my mouth, and I'm just going like, and I said, God, why would you show me that? Why well, I found out a little bit later. It was just a little bit later that evening, as I was at the restaurant, that this lady came to me and says, are you the manager here? You're, I go, yes, ma'am, I am. How can I help you? And, and she goes, there's the waiter at our table. I don't want him to be at our table anymore. I go, well, what's the problem? She says, he keeps saying obscene things to us, table of ladies. He's using filthy language. I don't want him near us ever again. I said, I will get you a new waiter. I told the waiter, I said, you're done. I found a new person to take the table, ended up buying their meal. And then I told him, you're done for the night. And when he was done for the night, he has to turn in his money and stuff. And as he came to me to turn in his money, I said, we're going to have to have a talk with the general manager because we can't have you offending customers, you know. And then all of a sudden, he, he just snapped. And he grabbed, we were in the kitchen, he grabbed a chef's knife and started coming toward me with a chef's knife. Well, God had shown me earlier in the night that it's this unclean spirit. I was surprised. I was surprised. The, you know, you can smell, you can hear things in the spirit, you can see things in the spirit. I was really surprised. But God was trying to prepare me <laughs> for what was coming later in the evening. <laughs> you know? It's very interesting. Everyone say discerning of spirits. We need that. We need all these gifts. Amen. 
you need all the gifts. You know, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? And you need these gifts of the Spirit operating in your life. You know, the church at Corinth had all these gifts and manifestation. The church at Corinth was a very carnal church, very worldly. It was a pagan society. You know, Corinth was um, built, it had been destroyed, but then Julius Caesar decided to rebuild it. And he thought it was a strategic city, a location, and so he decided, yeah, you know, we need to rebuild this. And so in the rebuilding process, he had to get, recruit people to come. And so he recruited a bunch of sailors and said, I'm rebuilding the city. If you come, you can be city leaders. And then, you know, how I many you know, sailors are rough people? And then he recruit, they had outlaws and all of these people came and swindlers and stuff. And it was a very pagan uh, city, a society, and there are perverts. And I, would, don't, I can't even talk this Sunday morning about how perverse they were as a society because they're pagans and they worship idols and they didn't know any better. And this is where the Apostle Paul, the great church planter, planted a church in Corinth. Matter of fact, they were given over to drunkenness. They were drunkards, you know. And in parts of Rome, you know, in the empire, uh, if you were a drunkard, they wouldn't call you a drunkard. They say you're a Corinthian. Well, they could have said you're a Packer fan, but... <laughs> I'll never be invited back again. (laughs) I saw one time where Wisconsin years ago was the number one consumer of alcohol in the country per capita. I don't know how I get out of this now. Good thing I'm black because I'm blushing. (laughs) Okay, I got to finish this up. They were given to adult beverages, obviously, in Corinth, a very rough place. And God, in his infinite wisdom, have the Apostle Paul go and plant a church there. And you know what Paul wrote? He goes, you come behind in no gift, no, no spiritual gifts. They had a manifestation of all these spiritual gifts. It was, they, they were manifesting the gifts of God to the point where Paul had to write and instruct them how to do things in an orderly manner in a church because people would prophesy, people would have a tongue, an interpretation of tongue, special faith was in, people would get healed, miracles were taking place. This isn't in a carnal church where there was division and strife. And if God can do that with the church that was in Corinth, 
What can he do here in Lake Elmo? The reason why Pastor John is teaching this series is to get you to understand that God wants to do something totally different in your life and flow through you. When these gifts are in manifestation, you're displaying Jesus and his works. And he said, the works that I do, you'll do also even greater works than these. And how many of you like baked potatoes? How many like baked potatoes with butter? Sour cream, right? Can we throw prime rib in there, right? Prime rib, baked potato, right? And we got to have some rolls someplace, right? Well, I'm watching my weight, Diet Coke. (laughs) Right? Did you know the more I talk about that, the more you desire it? 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, follow after charity or love and desire spiritual gifts. Everyone say desire. desire. Come on, guys. I said, come on, church. Desire. Man, let's start praying and asking God for these gifts. How, how about before Pastor John finishes the series that we just have some working of miracles and people receive miracles How about we have some prophecy here? Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Prophecy has edification that comes with it when it's done properly. These spiritual gifts are for today. And we've got to have them. We're living in a world today where you, man, you need to know some discerning of spirits. This is going to help you. You're going to need to know a word, a fragment of wisdom, a fragment of knowledge, right? You're going to, there's going to come a time you need special faith to get you out of the situation that you're in. I just really want to encourage you, encourage this church. Man, jump on board, run with this. Ask God for it. Read this chapter. As you read your Bible, ask God to show you this in the scriptures, and he will. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's time for our announcements. Who's doing Yeah, Emily back there. Amen. Give her a big round of applause. We appreciate her. I was going to share with you some of you. Oops. Thank you, Pastor John. <laughs> I was loud enough, right? Maybe. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor John. Anyway, um, I was going to share with you a story for some of you who don't know me. My name is Emily, and I'm originally from Africa. And <laughs> um, in Africa, when, um, when we go to church and it's time for the offering, it's a dance party. It's a huge dance party, and people are serious about it. But what I like about that, or what that reminds me of, is just the joy. You know, we are joyful because we know what we are. You know, we are coming to, 
we're coming together, we're coming to support our, our, you know, our church, we're supporting our ministry, we are giving because God has given to us. And so, um, if you see me dancing, don't judge. <laughs> don't judge, and I will one day. <laughs> I just didn't want to surprise you with it today. So uh, one of the scriptures I wanted to talk about here or read here is uh, John 3:16, one of my favorite verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting and eternal life. How is this um, connected to our offering? Everything. You and I are here today because somebody prayed for us, somebody brought us to the Lord and taught us about the Holy Spirit and encouraged us to come to church. Um, I know I was Catholic for a long time and it took a miracle of the Lord to get me born again. I was very stubborn, but somebody stood in the gap for me and prayed for me and prayed with me and brought me to the right church. Nothing wrong with Catholicism, but um, you know I started from there, and so it was my roots. But there was a better, there was a better place for me to go, and that's where I am today. That being said, um, I was also going to share with you Matthew 28, verse 19 through 20. I actually have a quick testimony to share on that. Uh, this past week. I was doing evangelism with a small group and I got to lead two Muslims to the Lord. And thank you. It was exciting for me because it was my first time uh, stepping out and I had no idea what I was doing, but I just felt like God was with me. I was feeling it and I knew that he needed me to do something. So I just walked through to these two Muslim uh, individuals. They were separate, but I ended up talking to them individually and that just blessed me. As I'm sharing this uh, part with you about, you know, from an offering perspective, I know that as we are in our church and we are supporting our church, that's one of the things that you know um, we get to do to preach the gospel. We've been sent to go out and um, you know be the voice, be the voice of God, be the voice of Jesus, be the face of Jesus, and um, show people the way and help them come to the Lord. Um, so to me, that wraps around with all my offering, regardless of what kind of offering we are doing. But today we are here to do the offering. Uh, the other um, scripture that I wanted to share was 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians verses 5. Did I do that right? Through 7. So let each one of us give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Again, just my story of dancing, so. <laughs> God is able to make all grace abound towards you, always having all sufficiency in all things that you may have and abound um, for every good work. So 
um, for me, again, the giving, you know, when we're doing our offering, it's a time for celebration. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate each other. Let's celebrate what our church is doing. Let's celebrate what, where we are, what we've learned, and the people that we are, um, you know, the people that we are ministering to within the church and outside the church. Let's be the face of Jesus. Let's be like him. He wants us to be like him. He says, I've created you in my own image. We are his own image. Whether you feel like it or not, we are his own image. As you're giving today, um, I ask that you give with your heart. Whatever God is asking you to give, give with your heart. Give with your all. I, I, I love going above and beyond what I need to give. It's a blessing, and it comes back to you. It comes back to your good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give to your bosom? This is one of those, um, you know, it's one of those investments that you will never lose. Never. The time may be, you know, the timing may take long, but you will never lose. Because God has promised us. And his word is yes and it's amen. What he has promised he will do. He's not a liar. So let's trust in him. And let's give with our heart. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for, tonight, for today. We thank you for the word that has been shared into our hearts. We thank you for the gift of the Spirit. We thank you for our church, Lord. We thank you for our congregation, Lord. We thank you for those who did not, were not able to come in uh, today for any reason, Father Lord God. We thank you that you are uh, watching over them, taking care of them just as much as you are taking care of us, Lord. And um, as we give this morning, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your love, Lord. We thank you for loving us, for loving us. And, um, you know, you not only love us, but you have equipped us. You have provided for us. We do not lack, Lord. We will never lack because we know who we belong to. You have come and you've made your home abode on the inside of us, Lord. We belong to you and you belong to us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We refuse to live and walk in fear, Father God, even as far as our giving is concerned. But we give according to what you have instructed us. We give according to what you have uh, put in our hearts. We give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.